the home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Hey everybody, I'm John Bedell. My partner tonight is John Tisdell. Welcome into our studios here in Dayton. We're live as we await the post-game comments of head coach Anthony Grant after Dayton completes the Philadelphia two-step. Both exorcisms taken care of because now the Dayton Flyers have snapped long losing streaks, a long one at Tom Gola Arena at LaSalle, and a, a losing streak today that lasted 20 years, almost to the day. 20 years later this month was the last time the Dayton Flyers won at Hagen Arena. What did we talk about just a couple nights ago, Tiz, here on Thursday? There was going to be plenty of times where to take this next step, this Dayton team was going to wipe the floor with inferior opponents, but they were also going to be tested at times through an 18-game A-10 right. slog. Would you expect it coming into tonight? Against St. Joe's, no, but 30,000-foot view is they're going to have slumps. And late, they still, as good teams do, the Dayton Flyers did, slam their foot on the gas and put the St. Joe's Hawks away, put away an inferior opponent, uh, and they still come away with another double-digit win in a game where they didn't play all that well in the first half. Yeah, I think everything that you, you said is spot on. I mean... Dayton, without a doubt, and you and I were talking about this off air before we went on, and to me, there's no doubt Dayton played their worst half of the year. Maybe you could put Houston Baptist up there from the Maui Invitational. You could put that up there. But Dayton just, to me, just in that first half, John, I just thought they settled too much for the three, and they just, maybe they weren't engaged. You know, Larry and Keith were talking about that, I know, uh, during the game, and and. It just it seemed to take them a while, and the guy really, to me, that was the guy that really picked up the energy, especially at the end of the half, was Trey Landers. And this was done when Obi Toppin was in foul trouble, not only in the first half, but much of the second half. And Trey Landers, I thought, was an absolute beast uh, in this game. Same with Ryan Mikesell, but uh, we'll have more on that in a moment. What does Anthony Grant think about this successful trip to Philadelphia, coming away 2-0 and and exercising some serious Philadelphia demons? Well... He's about to tell you just that because he is live with Larry Hanskin at Hagen Arena on the other side of this break right here live on the Home of the Flyers. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Larry Hanskin back in Philadelphia where the Dayton Flyers defeat St. Joseph's 80-67 to to the court with Coach Anthony Grant brought to you by Pickerel, Schaefer, and Ebling, a Dayton law firm for over 100 years. You know, there's no substitute for experience and maturity. And uh, your two seniors, you know, with some help, led the way to a victory today. Yeah, I thought our team really responded. You know, um, St. Joe's, we, we knew they're, they're a very dangerous team. They've got some really good talent. And obviously, we know Daly's one of the one of the more explosive guys offensively, you know, in our conference. And uh, he he played really well. They had some other guys today that stepped up and uh, played well for them. Uh, you know, we had to figure figure the game out. So I, I thought our team overall did a really good job of making the adjustments that we needed to make, both offensively and defensively, to be able to preserve and, and uh, come out with the win today. Not all threes are created equal, and, and it looked like the threes that you were getting in the second half, it, it was they were better not so much because they were going in, yeah. but the way in which you were getting them. Well, I, I thought in the first half, you know, we 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 um, we rushed a little bit. You know, I, 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 they they had a defensive game plan to come in and, and pack the lane. They really, you know, put two and three guys on Obi, and uh, you know, invited us to take early contested shots, and we took the bait a little bit. 
Uh, I think I thought we had some some of our threes were actually good looking, good wide open, good threes that we didn't make, but but some of them were were we we kind of took the bait a little bit and didn't we didn't have uh, stamina offensively. In the second half, I thought our guys were a lot more intentional in terms of being able to run offense and get what we wanted. Uh, you know, they started the second half off. I think they made maybe four of the first five shots. But after that, I thought defensively our guys locked in and uh, we made some adjustments defensively and it proved uh, proved to be beneficial for us. You had to play with some guys in foul trouble. Uh, Obi, obviously, and yeah. then Ryan even picked up his fourth foul late. Uh, did you yeah. feel like you guys handled it well? Well, I thought I thought we did. You know, obviously, you don't you never want to see, you know, your best player go out there and, and get four fouls as early as he did. Um, but I thought the guys that that were in the game did a good job and and. Uh, uh, we had to play through some foul trouble in the first half. We had to play through some in, in the second half there, and uh, I thought the guys did a good job overall. It's a very long season still ahead of you in conference play, but you got these first two uh, under your belt, and, and you get a little chance to breathe here in the next week before you host UMass. Yeah, you know, I think every game is going to present a different challenge. You know, uh, St. Joe's, I thought, did a good job. They came in with the game plan in terms of how they wanted to match up and what they wanted to try to take away from us. Uh, and our guys had to make the adjustments. So, like, I, like I'll always say, you know, I think every game will bring a different challenge. And the, the last thing we can do is, is think we've got anything figured out, you know, as a team. I think we have to continue to get better and have to continue to meet the challenges. I think we learned something about ourselves today uh, through this very highly contested game. So proud of the guys. I, I thought it was a, a great effort. Glad that we were able to have a lot of happy Flyer fans being able to leave uh, this arena here tonight that hadn't seen the, the, the Dayton Flyers win it here in a long time. So uh, the guys even commented in the locker room, uh, instead of coming off the floor and, and hearing fans say congratulations, a great game, they heard thank you. Thank wow. you. So that, that's, uh, it's a blessing for us uh, to get a chance to be a part of, a part of this program and a part of, uh, of uh, bringing joy. Uh, in the new year. All right. We'll let you go, Coach. Great Appreciate win. It. Go Great flash. win. All right. Uh, and, of course, we'll have more tomorrow night. The Anthony Grant Show live from Frickers on Woodman Drive from a 7 to 8. That wraps it up here in Philly on behalf of Keith Wallace-Kowski, who filled in for Bucky on this trip. I'm Larry Hanskin. One more time, our final score, Dayton 80, St. Joseph 67. Thanks. And now stick around for more of Flyer Feedback. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Bud Light Postgame Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Brought to you by Bud Light. Keep it crisp with Bud Light. Premier Health is proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating. Make your parking lot look great again. Go to vandaliablacktop.com to see how. Mayberry's Van and Storage. Are you moving? Trust Mayberry's for all your moving and storage needs. Code credit Union celebrating 80 years in 2020 and by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. The Bud Light Postgame Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. University of Dayton basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light and live from the WHIO studios. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light. Keep it crisp with Bud Light. And by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit.
Call in with your comments or questions, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Now, here are your hosts, John Bedell and John Tistel. Hey, Flyer fans, you heard the man. I'm John Bedell, he's John Tisdale, and you're here too for Flyer Feedback. And we thank you for joining us this afternoon as the Dayton completes the two-game exorcism in the city of brotherly love, 80-67. to 67, The Dayton Flyers probably played their worst, at least, definitely their worst half, potentially their worst game of the year, but they still came away with another double-digit win in a venue where they had not won in 20 years. Mm. 20 years. The last time the Dayton Flyers won on Hawk Hill was January 29th of 2000, back when it was still called Alumni Memorial Fieldhouse, but... Uh, the Dayton Flyers, I, I know it was wildly frustrating, you guys, as you were listening and watching. I know it was. I saw it on the Twitter. I got texts. I know it. But the bottom line, the 30,000-foot view is late in the game, as good teams do, Dayton slammed the foot on the gas and put away an inferior Hawks team. Just as we talked about a couple of nights ago, this Dayton team is going to have plenty of times this A-10 season because of how head and shoulders they are better on paper than the rest of this conference where they're going to just absolutely beat the brakes off opponents. But they're going to be challenged, particularly on the road. And to be fair, did you expect Dayton to be challenged against the St. Joe's team? No, probably not. But challenged they were, and Dayton responded and put away a bad St. Joe's team. And here we are, Tiz, with another double-digit win. The only win they have had this year that has not been by double digits was the opener against the Indiana State Sycamores at UD Arena. Interesting thing I thought Anthony Grant brought up in his postgame comments uh, with Larry Hanskin that you heard just now live here on WHIO Radio was that the players told Anthony in the locker room, as Anthony told it to Larry, coming off the floor, what they heard from the Dayton fans who had made the trip to Hagen Arena was, thank you. Mm. Lots of thank yous. And I think that's just the weight lifted off the shoulders of Flyer Nation of just thank God they have broken that Hagen Arena hex that had been going on for two decades. They had lost nine in a row on Hawk Hill. Tis, it wasn't pretty, but in the end, as we say, the old baseball adage goes, it'll look like a line drive in the box score. Look, it's a W out there no matter what. It could have, Dayton could have won by one point, could have won by three points or six points, it, the 13 points or whatever. It's a win, and that's all that matters. The key... For this weekend, and I talked about this uh, with Keith Walskowski after Flyer Feedback Monday night. Just get out of there with a win. It does not matter, okay? For some reason, <laughs> the city of brotherly love has not been too brotherly to the Dayton Flyers, whether it be Tom Gola Arena or uh, Hawk Hill. But Dayton was able to overcome that because uh, St. Joe's give them credit. They were gamed, and they played their rear ends off today. They left everything out on the floor, but Dayton was the better team and Trey Landers, I thought, was just money today. Was absolutely sensational. 18 points. Ryan Mike's held 18 points. And again, we'll repeat this. This was done with Obi Toppin on the bench in foul trouble, not just in the first half, but much of the second half. And I think that's the thing that's that tells you how the Flyers can overcome that kind of adversity. Because, John, you've got to deal with adversity at times during the course of the season. And when you, especially when you go out on the on the road in conference play, it doesn't matter whether it's in Philly, doesn't matter if it's in Pittsburgh or Amherst, Kingston, Rhode Island, wherever, you're going to deal with road adversity. And the Dayton Flyers, no, it wasn't pretty at times. It was really bad. 
Let's be clear about that. I know you were sounding off on Twitter. Yeah. I was. A lot of our people that we follow on Twitter, Larry Hanskin, Keith Walskowski, I thought were honest about it during the broadcast. I thought they took too many threes in the first half, but you know what? Win's a win. It's called survive in advance. Yep. 2-0 and in Atlanta 10 play. And Dayton's off to a pretty good start at 13-2 overall. 2-0 and in conference play. And they take care of business. And you know what? That's all that matters. Going into taking you get a few days off and you get ready for UMass at home Saturday. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Larry said in the very early goings when it was 1914 Dayton, I scribbled this down in my notes. It was about 11 minutes left in the first half, and he uttered on the air, I just don't like the way this game feels. Keith Walskowski agreed. I know many of you Flyer fans felt yeah. the same way. How could you not watching this? As you mentioned, Tiz, something that Anthony Grant alluded to was that, you know, in the first half, he felt like they rushed a little bit. They were double and, and at sometimes triple teaming Obi Toppin, and they were really daring the Flyers to take threes. And as Anthony Grant said, they took the bait, felt like they rushed a little bit too much offensively in the first half, but they had more stamina on offense, as Anthony put it, in the second frame. And they were more intentional with what they were doing on offense. And they recovered with some of the threes they were taking with Obi Toppin letting out some frustration. And here we are now with this Dayton team. Now that they're off to this 13-2 and start, this is Dayton squad that has its best record through 15 games since the 2014-15 season when it started 13-2. and And just for reference, that team won 15 games yes. before it lost its third. Uh, so this is quite a Dayton team. Tis their top seven Ken Palm now, top seven, which is absolutely banana town for this mm-hmm. Dayton team. This Agreed. is a really good Dayton team. A lot of the advanced metrics like them a lot. And as you mentioned, facing the adversity on the road, NBA lottery pick probably mm-hmm. on the bench with foul trouble. No problem because you got two seniors in Ryan Mikesell and Trey fan. Landers leading the way. Uh, Co-WHIO radio player of the games, I believe, right? Is Larry? I think it went to Obi, I think. So Obi. Obi. But, but I, I had no problem. They were co's. The two they of them leading it. the way with 18 points each. Ryan Mikesell and Trey Landers, two of your senior leaders, with help, stepping up and really leading the way when stuff was getting tight down the stretch right. uh, there on Hawk Hill. Hey, 937-457-1290 is the number, or you can tweet us. Uh, jump on our mentions. We may read your tweet on the air. I'm at WHIO. Tizzy is at John Tisdale. John is in Kettering, and he's next on Flyer Feedback. John, what's on your mind? Well, hello, everybody. Another glorious victory. Um, I I was just so impressed with Trey Landers in the second half. Obi's on the bench, and the game was iffy, as as everybody's indicated. But, man, oh, man, Trey just – he was the guy that stepped up today. And I know he's from Wayne High School, and – and maybe you guys could kick around some of the other great players actually from Dayton. Anyway, thanks a lot. Enjoyed the broadcast. Enjoyed the outcome. Bye now. Awesome. Hey, thanks, John, Thank for the you, call. John. And I, I think, John, to John's point, Trey Landers has become, I think, Tiz, the way Devin Oliver was to that uh, Elite Eight team yeah. and even uh, the year after with, with that team, or the Elite Eight run at any rate, as as Demo used to be for the teams he was on. Right. Demo was kind of the straw that stirred the drink. And as he moved on yeah. and graduated, it was kind of Scoochie Smith. Trey Landers, you hear glue guy, it's kind of cliche, but Trey is becoming much like he's reminding me a lot of Demo, the way Devin Oliver used to be, in that mm-hmm. Trey is the guy now. He's the straw that stirs the drink for this team. And is just, as we've been talking about as this year goes on. Sort of a low-key MVP for this team. Sure, Obi and guys like Crutcher get all the attention, and deservedly so. But Trey Landers, Tiz, 
somehow very quietly, even after all these close to 20-point efforts he's yeah. turning in. Yeah. And every time he's saving the Flyers' rear ends at different points with defensive stops, with rebounds, with right. assists, with timely buckets. Trey Landers is low-key MVP of this Dayton team as this season goes along. I'll hardly agree. That, this was something I talked to our uh, to Nancy Wilson about uh, about uh, a few few weeks ago, I think, and we kind of taught said that was pretty much the same thing. That to me, that Trey Landers is the heart and soul of this team. I know Larry Hanskin has talked about that at times, but just he just comes up with play after play when you need it the most. And you made a great comparison about Devin Oliver. Uh, Demo did that so many times. You know, in games in which Dayton had no business winning, coming up with big plays. And Trey did that today, you know, whether it was rebounds. Here's the other thing, nine rebounds today. That's the other thing, 18 rebounds. You know, Jalen Crutcher struggled today, couldn't buy a bucket in the first half. He still had 10 assists to go with 10 rebounds. He had Ibby Watson coming off the bench. He really picked it up. Um, he had probably a quiet game for much of the game. He picked it up. A little bit right there from the under-10 mark with uh, Obi Toppin on the bench, and he got 15 critical points. And Dayton needed every single one of those points uh, today. Dayton needed every single one of the points from uh, Trey Landers. Ryan Mike, so I thought, had a monster first half. And this is just a team. This is not—it's more than Obi. This is something Keith Waskowski has talked about. This is something that, I know, Brooks Hall has talked about, Nate Green, all these guys. And I'll throw in our good friend Rex Gardecki. This is a Dayton team that knows how to win these games. They've learned what to do. They know what to do, and they just—I thought they were able to—they uh, were able to persevere and survive in advance. Yep. Nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety, and the number is the number. Bruce is in Dayton, and he's on flyer feedback. Hi, Bruce. Hey, how you doing, John? Good. How are I you? I want to mention that. Good. I just want to mention that uh, great teams find a way to win. You know, we had our stars on the bench and foul trouble. Um, pretty shoddy officiating, but you know, everybody else steps up, and uh, it's a total team effort. We're nine and ten deep. It's, it's hard to stop. You know, when you go into St. Joe's and play Phil Martelli, you know, that's that's a huge win today. Yes, well, yeah, they're playing Billy Lange because they. Uh... Well, they mutually parted ways, but Phil Martelli was fired back in March, according to. Uh, oh, excuse me, I didn't even realize. Yeah, that. that's yeah. yeah. He was uh, he was canned back in March. So, yep. Oh well, you know you don't see it on TV. You have to listen to have to listen to Larry and, and Keith. It's just as good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean you're right, Bruce. A team, a place that historically, I mean, look, two decade losing streak. They've got some demons in that arena. It's it's been called different mm-hmm. names over the years, yeah. but regardless of what it. What it goes by, the Dayton Flyers have driven the struggle bus at times in Philadelphia for many, many years, and it was good to see them get up off the schneid there. Well, like I say, the, the, the depth of the team is unreal. I mean, there's not a, not a Division One team that I've seen that has this kind of depth. Yeah, you're right about that, Bruce. This is a team that can come at you in so many ways. You know, we, it was Landers today, Mike Sell today. We know what Obi can do. This is just a deep, talented team. And we've seen that really all this year. That's why this team is 13 and 2. Right. All right. Wait. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call and uh, go Flyers. Sure. Thank you, Thank Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. Go Flyers. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be the 30,000 foot view. The, the big picture view here is yeah, exactly. that team win. They toughed it out. Got to correct myself from earlier. Trey Landers was our only, sorry, Trey. <laughs> my bad. The only hashtag WHIOPOG. Trey Landers was our WHIO player of the game. 
and I had a senior moment at 32. Devin Oliver, uh, of course, did not play past that Elite Eight team. I kind of corrected myself on the fly, <laughs> but he was not on that incredible team right. a year ago. The Elite Eight year was his senior year, but the point right. remains, Demo was the straw that stirred the drink to those Flyer teams. Yeah. I think Trey Landers he, has taken up that mantle Yeah, and, and, and the point, John, I think it was that he really set the course you know, for Scucci, Seibert, and all those guys. You could say maybe Seibert picked up the slack maybe the year after that because he was really the go-to guy. You saw that at the Boise State game where he made that onions of a shot uh and was able to win that game and then just uh, but you know again this team comes at you in so many ways you know it's one guy is ibby watson uh did it against grambling state he made some big buckets today we've seen what obi can do you can ask people at maui about that georgia virginia tech and even kansas uh but again crutcher's made some big shots it was landers and mike Selt today uh who knows what it will be next because you know what it, it could be anybody, and that's that's what makes this team so dangerous, not just in the A-10, but who knows, maybe in March. That's right. Well, Dana Winter tonight, 80-67, to a 13-point win over the St. Joe's Hawks. we got to take a break for news. But, hey, Dayton finally gets up off the schneid at Hawk Hill. You've heard me tease this story many times over the last few years. One of my good buddies from UD has a great story about the St. Joe's Hawk. He gave me permission to tell it. You're going to hear it, the on-air version anyways, on the other side of this break, right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Hey everybody, it had been 20 years since the Dayton Flyers won on Hawk Hill, but they went there today and took care of business, and the streak is finally and mercifully over. Can you dig it? Flyers up off the schneid two times over in Philadelphia. They took care of the Demons at Tom Gola Arena, and today, Tizzy, they finally get a win at Hawk Hill. Oh, yeah. So, if you've listened to this show over the last several years, and we appreciate that, you've heard me tell the story about my good friend from UD, Jim Gazali, who is the best storyteller I know, and a story about the St. Joe's Hawk, and he gave me permission, if they broke the streak, to tell this story on the air. Now, i got to change a few words to make it fit for air, but here's the long and short of it. If two St. Joe's alums get married, you can opt to have the Hawk at your wedding. Jim told me this story in Atlantic City my junior year, his senior year, when we were there to cover the A-10 tournament at Boardwalk Hall. And basically, Jim's cousin, he was marrying a St. Joe's girl, so they were going to have the Hawk at their wedding potentially. And Jim told him as a UD fan, if you have that Hawk in your wedding, I'll give you a straight kick to, I believe, what they refer to in hockey as the five-hole, tis. So there you go. <laughs> Oh no goodness. love lost between uh, the Dayton Flyers fans and, you know, some St. Uh, Joe's no, Hawks. No, not at all. TBA, no. whether they ended up having the Hawk at their wedding, but uh, <laughs> he kept on flapping today. You know who was there to, to witness that? He even calculated that's how dedicated David Jablonski is uh, to this beat. Jabo yes. even uh, calculated the flaps per minute, I believe. Jabo at about, about 10. That's a pretty good clip. That's really good. Yeah, he was flapping pretty good, although uh, AJ, the Dayton videographer, said he did spot the uh, the Hawk take a couple seconds off during the game. I don't know, what? I don't know if he'll lose his scholarship. Oh, boy. That's against the rules. Uh-oh. That is typically frowned upon. Uh-oh. I don't know. Well, if we have video evidence, we might have to forward it to the compliance department with the NCAA, Dave. Well, hey, uh, Jabo, you've been on this beat. Sa- What's that? Go ahead. 
I said also if uh, St. Joseph loses to Dayton, uh, they uh, they uh, kill that hawk. So I don't know what. The- oh no! Oh, oh, womp womp. Uh, Javo, you've been on this beat for a while. You've never seen a win anywhere in Philadelphia for the Dayton Flyers, and it's been uh, two decades this month since Dayton last won a game uh, at. Hawk Hill, what was it like? Actually, could you believe your eyes witnessing two wins, Jabo, in Philadelphia? Yeah, I was talking to, uh, just about to talk to Coach Grant in the hallway, uh, just outside the locker room, and three uh, Dayton fans came up and they're like, "Thank you, thank you so much." We we've been here coming here for ten years and have never seen Dayton win at St. Joseph's, and obviously the streak goes back to twenty years. But uh, pretty amazing that this team uh, not only ended uh, the LaSalle streak but the St. Joseph streak. Not because of the quality of the opponent, because let's face it, these teams are not anywhere near where they were uh, a few years ago, especially St. Joseph's, um, which is on its way to one of its worst years in a long time. But uh, still, any road win in the 8-10 is always going to be tough. Uh, the LaSalle game was probably easier than anyone expected, and this game was probably about what you'd expect if you've seen Dayton come here over the years. So shots weren't falling, but Dayton found other ways to win. They made their free throws. They didn't commit many turnovers. Uh, other guys stepped when o- stepped up when Obi was on the bench, so uh, a big win in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think the 30,000-foot view, as we've been talking about this, Dave, is that, as we talked about a couple nights ago, are there going to be a lot of nights where they're going to just go and boat race Atlantic 10 teams, particularly inferior ones? Sure. But there's going to be times where they're challenged. But here they are playing arguably their worst half of the year, the first half. And, Dave, they still pull away late, put the pedal to the floor, and they still come away with here we are again talking about a double-digit win on the road. Right. It didn't look like it was going to be that for a long time. And uh, they uh, were down seven early in the second half. There were really a couple stretches where the Flyers were playing some of their worst basketball of the year. You know, they were up 22 to 14 and didn't score for about seven minutes, which I don't think this team has happened to this team all season. Uh, the offense just doesn't go away for that long ever. And it happened in the first half. And then, you know, tied at halftime, they get down seven early in the second half. And again, that lead was very short lived because Dayton, you know, grabbed it, the lead right back with a quick nine uh, one run or something like that. And uh, they were on top of the rest of the way, even though it was uh, pretty close until the last five or six minutes. And the depth coming into play, too, Dave, because you look at you know a team that were Obi Toppin deservedly as a likely lottery pick at this point gets a lot of the attention, but he was in foul trouble, and and the depth showing it uh, its benefits again, where you've got two experienced senior leaders, one a redshirt senior. You know, Ryan Mikesell's been around for five years now, but him and Trey Landers both leading the way with 18 points in a game where Obi, that you know grabbed so many of the headlines, was struggling and off the floor for long stretches in foul trouble. You got two of your senior leaders stepping up and uh, putting the team on their back. Yeah, Landers uh, really has come a long way with his three-point shot, making uh, four of eight today when uh, nobody else was really making them, except Mike so he made a couple of early ones. Uh, Ibby did come alive uh, late in the second half, so Dayton's three-point shooting wasn't as bad as it was uh, for most of the game. I think they shot 31%, uh, but in the first half it was abysmal. Uh, but Grant said they were settling too much for three-pointers in the first half, took too many threes. Uh, they took it to the basket a lot more in the second half. Uh, that was a big key in the turnaround. It'd be just getting to the basket to the line again and again. And boy, they made a ton of free throws, so that paid off today. That was the other thing also, Jabba, that I that I noticed that they really made their free throws. They went 11-11 in the second half as that helped. they helped put the game away. And you mentioned the second half stats. Guys, they go 15-27 from the field. Dayton does in the second half, just under 56%. And then the three-point shooting, 6-12 from beyond the arc. So they weren't, to me, David, Dave, they weren't settling for the three. 
as much as they were in the first half. In the first half, they were just they they were three of seventeen from three. So <laughs> it helps when they're not when they're when you're certainly taking less threes. But they just just to me in the first half, and Coach Grant said this, they just they just seemed unsettled offensively in the first half. Yeah, it's such a confident three point shooting team. So that when they're not falling at all. Uh, and that can really get in your mind, and you saw that right. again in the first half. Um, but, you know, they had some really open threes there in the second half, too, that one of the big shots by Ibby. I mean, nobody was within 10 feet from him. Right. Uh, same with Trey Landers. They were just kind of daring him to shoot, and he's like, well, i got to shoot this. And, you know, he ended up making some big ones. Dave, we look ahead now. they got almost a full week break before they take on a UMass team that's coming into their game at four at St. Louis, six and seven. It's a Ken Palm 183 Minutemen team. It's not a strong UMass squad, but – uh, they got to take care of business Saturday, and now they look ahead to their first real, real test that you expect before the game, and that's the VCU Rams coming to town a week from Tuesday. That's the game everybody's looking forward to, that and the return trip to to Richmond. Those two teams are far and away the class of the conference right now, especially with Rhode Island pulling off a little bit. So if Dayton can win, uh, beat UMass, which I'm pretty sure that they will, uh, and beat VCU, which is a bigger question mark. They're going to be looking really good uh, as far as the regular season title goes. Although a long way to play, long way to go. 16 games left after today, so anything can happen. Yeah, there's a lot of basketball left to be played, but so far through two, Dayton's looking okay. A successful road trip to Philly in a place that has historically given them a lot of troubles. David Jablonski, we thank you for the time here on the hotline. And uh, hey, safe travels back from Philly, Jabo, to you and the family. All right, thank you, John and John. All right. Thanks, Chaba. There we go. David Jablonski checking in on the hotline. We always appreciate uh, absolutely Jabba's time and insight as he checks in uh, coming back from Philadelphia now as they recover, you know, 2-0 after exercising plenty of demons. Uh, and now they look ahead to UMass. They get right. a little little bit of a goofy road trip and then they stayed in Philly Thursday through today. They'll come home. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, the next game is uh, UMass at 1230 on Saturday. Busy day in the A-10 yeah. is literally the entire league all 14 teams playing. Aside from the Dayton-St. Joe's game, two others that have gone final, VCU a 72-59 winner over in-state rival George Mason. Also, uh, I think a taking of the torch for the number three team in the league uh, with this result, the Richmond Spiders with a 69-61 win, win, uh, win, which is nice, over Rhode Island. In Kingston, tis the Richmond Spiders now suddenly 12-3, yeah. 2-0 and in A-10 play, and a win over the Wisconsin Badgers that's looking a lot better suddenly after the Badgers got the Buckeyes uh, just a couple mm-hmm. days ago. Absolutely. And So and, Richmond and, uh, making some strides in the A-10, and I think that's a team that uh, could give Dayton and VCU troubles, especially with Dayton having to go to the Robin Center. Mm-hmm. And the question for Richmond is, can they continue to put together a resume that is worthy of at-large consideration. Could you get a third A-10 team in the mix? Mm-hmm. We'll see. But Richmond making some noise early. Two Absolutely. other games in progress. Davidson, uh, Duquesne up on Davidson, 62-56 in Pittsburgh. The Dukes are playing their home games at Robert Morris this year as the A.J. Palumbo Center goes under its renovation. And also in the game nobody cares about tonight, uh, mm-hmm. LaSalle up 62-56 over the Fordham Rams. Uh, with 36 seconds left in the Bronx. Two late tips this afternoon, coming up here in about 15 minutes at 4, UMass at St. Louis and St. Bonaventure at GW. So a busy night around the A-10. Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned, just Richmond, that's a team that no one's come that that expected to make it to be off to the start that they're off to. And Rhode Island, what's happened? They've had a horrible week well, really losing to off. Brown. They really, I mean, I'm not going to say their season's over, but, but, but you lose to Brown University, 
uh, which is in Providence the other night, and then you lose at home to Richmond. Um, and then this Nathan Kyle, I know very, I know nothing about. He had a double double today, nineteen points, eleven rebounds. So Dayton's going to have their hands full later on when they got to play the Richmond Spiders. Duquesne's off to a good start as well. Uh, Keith Dambrot, the head coach of the Dukes, even though they don't have a home court, uh, they're making they're they're off to a good start as well. Davidson off to a disappointing start this year yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, they had a tough schedule in non-conference, but expected way more out of the Wildcats this year with a. Uh, what Goodmanson, I think, still there. He was a player of the Goodmanson year. Goodmanson and Grady. Goodmanson and Grady. And That's a dynamic duo. Yeah. Expected, yep. expected a lot more from them, but a lot of basketball left to play. We'll see what happens at the end of the year. There we go. Steve is in Miamisburg, and he's on Flyer Feedback. Hi, Steve. Hi. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good after uh, winning for St. Saint Joe's in the last one time in the last 20 years. Pretty good after breaking that streak. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm always happy about that. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily the prettiest of wins, especially the way they were playing in the first half. No, sir. Um, with the fact that uh, it wasn't necessarily pretty, do you think that that will affect their rankings when it comes to uh, when the rankings come out? Potentially. I mean, it's not as, especially with the you know, the net takes into account, uh, one of the many things it takes into account is margin of victory, but it caps at 10, so it's another double-digit win, which... Would and on the road that would fare well in the net. Um, as far as efficiency, I'm not sure what how that would affect Ken Palm, but I mean there's still uh, what there's seven coming into the night. And you know in terms of the AP poll, you never know, Steve, because they went two and zero this week. Um, you know, do they do they stay put at twenty? Do they move up a slot or two? I'd be interested to see what the pollsters do tomorrow at noon, but we'll have to see. Okay, I was just curious because I know uh, having uh, having that ranking under our belt uh, and staying in you know limelight helps the program ultimately, and uh, I like to see that as a fan. So yeah, I absolutely. They, uh, they they keep up that streak. Should and we thank absolutely. you for the call, Stephen. Checking Ken Palm, which uh, updates almost real time. Dayton is still at twelve and two, seventh in the Ken Palm rankings. Um, off the top of my head, looking at Without the AP poll in front of me, Tiz, I can't remember who you know might have been behind the Flyers this week's in this week's poll that might have grabbed some wins uh, this week. But uh, as Steve mentioned, you know it's never a bad thing when they're when they're in the right. national spotlight and yeah, agreed. nationally ranked and all that. Uh, yeah, but and they've been. This is the longest I think Dayton's been in the top twenty-five as long as I can remember. And yeah. uh, I mean, this is, it's been quite some time. They've been in the top twenty-five in years past, but not this long. I think it goes back to really the end of the Maui Invitational, all the way up here, at least through the month. Uh, the five teams I, I got in front of me right now, uh, Penn State, Texas Tech, Iowa, Wichita State, and Arizona are uh, behind Dayton right now, 21 through 25, and Dayton is behind Virginia and Florida State. And Florida State, I think, I think they won yesterday, I think, and I don't, I don't know how Kentucky or West Virginia did. So it just depends, and Michigan State was winning last I checked. They're 14, so it, just, it depends on what the rest of the competition does. And uh, we'll see what uh, Dayton does, especially uh, the rest of the year going A forward. A good result, too, to keep in mind for Dayton's resume overall because mm-hmm. you would think when the net updates, uh, they might have another top, uh, another quad one win because the Georgia Bulldogs, who they smacked around in Maui, won yesterday at Memphis, Memphis at the huge. FedEx Forum. That should, for the time being, because quad, the quad system is fluid, should give Dayton another quad one win on the resume, yeah. but for the time being, a good boost to Dayton's resume with the results yesterday that came from around 
college basketball. But hey, tonight, Dayton a winner, 80-67, to a 13-point winner over the St. Joe's Hawks for the first time on Hawk Hill since January of 2000. This is Flyer Feedback. More of your calls on the home stretch of this radio show on the other side of this break, right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback. John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for this fine radio program live from our Dayton radio studios. Dayton winner. 80-67, to 67, a 13-point winner over the St. Joe's Hawks for the first time in 20 years, led by our WHIO radio player of the game, Trey Landers, who co-led the Dayton Flyers today in scoring with Ryan Mikesell with 18, and a long streak of futility in two gyms in the city of Philadelphia, broken as the Dayton Flyers come away uh, 2-0 from this road trip, winning at Tom Gola Arena for the first time in four five tries, and as we mentioned, for the first time in two decades. Later this month was the last time, in 2000, later this month, was the last time the Dayton Flyers had won a game at Hawk Hill. Dayton Flyers, the 20th team in all the land. We'll see what happens when noontime rolls around tomorrow and the new poll gets released. You weren't shocked to see them drop last year or last week after going 1-0 and beating Grambling and two teams behind them in Kentucky and West Virginia, nabbing top 10 wins with Louisville and Ohio State. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, when the new poll is released tomorrow, but... Uh, tis hard to see them falling too terribly far with yeah. going 2-0 on the weekend, 2-0 on the road against even too underwhelming A-10 foes, but can't do anything else but winning the games in front of you, and that's no. what Dayton did this week. No, the only thing you could do is take care of business, which is what the Flyers did uh, this week. I mean, they beat North Florida on Monday. Uh, they blew out LaSalle at, at the Tom Gola Pool Hall on the Thursday. Right. We can now make fun of them now. Oh, that place is awful. And then in Hawk Hill, they finally end a 20-year jinx because it just felt like oh, that it was never going to end, especially after that first half. But you know what? First half's over. We're talking about a 13-point win, 80-67. to 67. Flyers do take care of business. They're number 20 in the AP poll, uh, 18 in the coaches poll. We'll find out where they are come uh Come tomorrow. So, but uh, and by the way, also uh, make sure you go to Frickers tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night for the Anthony Grant Show live from Frickers at Woodman Drive. Larry Hanskin and Coach Grant will talk about this week and talk about the Philadelphia trip, and uh, they'll look ahead to UMass Flyers get a few days off. But again, Anthony Grant Show tomorrow night right here on the home of the Flyers, twelve ninety ninety five seven WHIO Dayton's News and Talk from seven to eight p.m. and uh, come on out there and. Uh, Give your thoughts about the season to, to uh, Coach Grant and talk to Larry and uh, get some get some nice get some food over at uh, Frickers. Four five seven twelve ninety is the number. John and Troy is on Flyer Feedback. John, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be on. Good for the win too. Hey, I just wanted to follow up uh, what you guys were talking a little bit about the the uh, top twenty five poll. Uh, West Virginia lost and they were like fifteenth or sixteenth. They lost to Kansas. Right. And then another team that might be coming out of the backpack would be Colorado. They beat Oregon, so they may move up ahead of Dayton. So, you know, it's probably you know another team that was behind Dayton. Penn State beat uh, Iowa by, like, I don't know, six or something like that. So, you know, we'll probably be close to what we were. You know, we made the most fall one, maybe – move up one but it's probably pretty much close to where we were i would imagine 
Yeah, and if they just keep right. doing their job, they'll, you know, incrementally, they'll just keep climbing as long as they keep winning. Bracketology-wise, just FYI, Gillinardi in his latest bracket has Dayton as a four seed and has the Flyers, just FYI, as the only A-10 team in. Uh, Gillinardi has the Flyers playing Akron, the fighting Zerius Williamses in Albany. And Jerry Palm with CBS Sports also has the Flyers as a four seed playing Vermont in Albany. And for your information, the only other A-10 team Jerry Palm has in his bracket currently is VCU, and he has them coming to Dayton for the first four. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it'd be great for Dayton to have a four seed, but you know, I, I'm probably be would be really happy if they were a five or a six. I mean, I just think there's a bias against you know the A10, and uh, even if they finished out well, which we will, I I see them getting a six or a five, but that's still that's still better than a seven, eight, or a nine or you know, or a 10, I think you got, you, you got games you can win when you're in that range, that four to six range. And if you could get to four, you might play right state, you know, that'd be interesting. Lenardi has them, has the Raiders on the 13 seed line. Uh, Johnny didn't have the onions to pair them up, but uh, just, just pointing <laughs> that, out that the fact change. that Lenardi did have the Raiders on the 13 seed line. And you line. know, the selection committee guys loves those storylines. You yeah, know, I could, they I love could them. see them. I could see them being, you know, four against 13 uh, right state, and then I could see them in the next game or two. You got a high state. So, I mean, I, they like doing that stuff. And Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, John, I got music in my ear, which means we got to go. So, we thank you for the call here on Flyer Feedback. Hey, one more time Dayton winner, 80 to 67, a 13 point win to break a long losing streak on Hawk Hill. Finally, it's all over, you guys. Hey, our next game is Saturday. It's the A10 home opener versus UMass. Tip is at 12 30. We'll be on the air with the expanded Bud Light pregame show at 11 30 before Larry Hanskin has the call over from the Decibel Dungeon. So, we will see you on the radio Saturday afternoon. Afternoon, Flyers fans. Until then, from a partner, I'm John. T- for my partner, John Tisdale, I'm John Bedell. Saying thanks for listening, everybody, and go Flyers. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.